out the line in front of me, I saw a morning dove on the wire. And I thought, this is going to be interesting. I wonder how much that little movement on that guy wire will affect that bird. And it wasn't but a second or two at the most, and his tail, its tail began to go up and down to balance, and his head moved to keep on his perch. And uh, <clears throat> if anyone would care to look in the mailboxes for a few small stones or something to hold some pages, I might appreciate that with the breeze here. <clears throat> Anything of weight might be helpful. Anyway, I had to think, and as I pondered that, you know, I had to think, you know, that was was speaking to me a bit of, uh, I had to think about that a little bit. Um, how much have I been lurching on the wire of life? We've come through a number of months of, of adapting to things that we never uh, could have envisioned. Small and minor in many respects, and yet... Um, History will note as time continues. History will note the importance of those things, the impact they've had in our midst. And I had to think of, uh, I ask you to turn to Colossians 2, but if you care to, turn to Psalm 73. A reminder, I trust that you have kept front and center in your life in the past weeks and months. <clears throat> but here the psalmist says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Then he goes on to, to uh, explain some of the challenges that he saw that, that raised questions in his mind that were unsettling in his heart. It was like somebody was hitting that guy wire. And he was feeling the shock waves of that come into his own experience. And, um, and yet we know as the people of God, it is, should be our heart's desire to stay top dead center on the altar of sacrifice unto our great king, spiritual service to him. He, he, had, he uh, delineates some of those thoughts. And then down in verse 17, he says, well, let me begin in verse 16, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for, for, for me until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. In challenging times, it is important for you and I to, to make sure, to check that our anchor holds, that our anchor is firmly set in that which cannot be shaken. And we look around us and we see the, the um, sad state at times and, uh, you know, it's easier for us to, to kind of pull our head in as, into our shell as a turtle and not pay too much attention to the news because there's some very discouraging things we see in the world around us. And yet it is good for us to reaffirm our anchor in the Almighty. Now, going back to Colossians 2, I was challenged here and blessed as I thought of what to share this morning. <clears throat> that it touches on some areas that can be an encouragement to us. I ask you this morning, in these months and period of time in which we've had limited ability to interact, to worship together, to, to fellowship together, to communicate together, have you in your heart felt some of the things that Paul was writing here? 
in Colossians 2. Let's go ahead and read these verses uh, through verse 8 of chapter 2 at this time. Paul says, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the, in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. I'll leave off reading that portion for now. Um, thinking of that bird's perch being affected on that wire by that which happened elsewhere, <clears throat> I think it's important for us to realize that if you have not thought of it, you probably have. But we are affected by those things that go on around us. And we... We consider them, we measure them, and in one way or another we respond to them uh, depending on how they, the perspective of our hearts and, and so forth. I'd like to think that we as a brotherhood, dear ones this morning, have, have not lost ground but have come to understand that there is an importance of being a part of the brotherhood, of brothers and sisters that... Um, care for each other that yet even in these times have found it challenging to know how to relate to different changes that have come into our um, manner of life in certain respects with services and so forth being limited but I ask you this morning have you felt that love have you felt that concern what have you done about it how have you expressed it Paul conveys those thoughts here in these verses this first verse it says for i would that you knew what great conflict i have for you and for them at laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face and i was talking with a brother from the southern states and uh, he made this conflict comment to me didn't really surprise me and i think probably many of us would have could echo that thought but he said i was surprised that at the controversy that the covid virus has brought into the churches and as as brothers and sisters we our hearts should bear that burden carefully and prayerfully that we would not be shaken from our position of steadfastness in the Lord Paul here expresses that in verse 1 also in 1st Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 he said be be ye followers of me even as I also am of Christ I'd like to turn to to a couple of verses in, in um, 2 Corinthians 11 that display something else that is important for us as brothers and sisters, I believe, as we consider the need for steadfastness to the Lord and our love for each other. 2 Corinthians 11, uh, the latter part of the chapter, 28 and 29. 
Paul doesn't make a big issue of it, but he refers to it, and it, it caught my attention. Here at the end of um, his listing, some of the things he went through, he says in verse 28, Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is offended, and I burn not? As I pondered that, I, I was challenged in a couple different ways. You know, it's easy for for each of us to follow our um, our tendencies of, of the easy route, the easy... You know, we have those we enjoy relating to and, and interacting with. But as brothers and sisters, are we where God wants us in, in inquiring in a serious manner and in giving opportunity for you to share with me and I with you how I'm doing in the Lord. How are you doing in the Lord? We don't have to be prompted to ask each other how much rain we got. Those kind of things. If I were to ask you this morning how many people you have called in the last couple of months to specifically ask them how they're doing personally, how often has that happened? I know a lot of you, when I've talked with you, have asked us how we are doing. And that's appreciated but sometimes I think it can get lost in the clutter of, of different things. And the specificity of our intent stands alone when it's the sole purpose of that interaction. And I see Paul saying here that even he, as well as he longed for the needs of those he was uh, caring for, he, he felt that need as well. And I think, I think we do well. And I, I appreciate those of you that make an, quite a lot of, of effort in interacting with each other's brothers and sisters. And when we ask one another how we're doing, how are you doing, it's not that we're there demanding that they tell us everything in their life, but it is an open door, an invitation to hear, to encourage. When that guy wire in their life gets bumped and they're trying to find the balancing act to stay on top of it, are we there to encourage to reinforce Colossians 4 you don't need to turn to it but if you care to Colossians 4 verses 12 and 13 there Epaphras was noted as one that he he manifested that mark of of a brother indeed he of sharing a concern of having a concern for the brothers and sisters in Christ <clears throat> notice Paul's words in verse 2 here in Colossians 2 it says that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. In a sense, we are shown a picture of a beautiful tapestry there that weave that the love of God can only do, can portray, can, can set forth, comforted, unto all the riches of full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the, those things that we find when we enter into the sanctuary. Jesus as well had a, a heart to care, to encourage. A couple of passages that stood out in my mind, uh, perhaps one we would look at in Luke 21. It says, take heed unto yourselves. Luke 21, 34. 
under the heading of watching and praying here, but he says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness with the cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. Perhaps more in focus today is the cares of this life that would catch us off guard unawares. When we see the distress and the expressions of those dissatisfied, willing to battle for their rights in the world around us, how do we respond? How does it affect my heart? How does it affect your heart? Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Later in that chapter of John 14, verse 27, he refers to that peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. So we are to be knowledgeable of a foundation that cannot be shaken, a peace that passeth understanding, one that fills our hearts, that we can not only be encouraged, but be an encourager. I'd like to look at a group of verses from 2 Timothy chapter 4. Many times we can look at the life of another who has gone before us and draw strength. I think that is the case here as we look in the life, look at the life of the Apostle Paul. Second Timothy chapter four. I want to read two groups of verses here in this this passage, beginning in verse six through eight, and then a couple of last part of the chapter. Before I read those verses, I would just remind us that Paul here was uh, facing more than the distress of COVID virus. Paul was here anticipating giving his life. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all, all, all them also that love his read 17 and 18 here in this chapter. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me into his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Paul does not disregard the cares of life, the struggles of his pilgrimage, but he puts them in the perspective of the eternal, of the confidence he has in God, and to that heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever. Now let's go back to a little bit about the verse 2 there where it talks about being knit together. How many of you remember a number of weeks ago, Brother Ben Martin brought a message here. How many of you remember that message? Anything stood out to you in that message that comes to mind? I don't have it verbatim, but he brought out some some, uh, points on the, the place and priority of brotherhood in the kingdom of God being put in a higher plane than our earthly relationships. In the Old Testament, we have a relationship there between Jonathan and David that would, would echo some of the encouragements here that that togetherness that they felt that he was encouraging there was to be encouraged and emulated. Back in chapter 1 of Colossians verse 4, Paul writes, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have all have to all the saints. Now, 
couple references were made here already this morning regarding love. Do you enjoy knitting this morning together, our lives together? Do you enjoy that being knitted together in heavenly connections? Not We have the earthly as well, but those heavenly connections. And um, I think we need to give deep attention to those things. I think we have room. We can grow in some of those areas. Here in chapter 2, when he talks about the importance of having an understanding and the assurance. Sometimes a lack of understanding can, can bring questions and doubts into our life and experience. And the other day I was, I was uh, planting some corn and I thought, you know, this, this is pretty easy. I, maybe I should have Austin come over. I think I could teach him how to do it. It's not too hard. Just click a few things and make it go down the line and get to the other end, turn around, come back. And I didn't tell Dallas. Then I thought, you know, that's true. It's pretty easy but he has a limited understanding. And then I thought, well, what if he happens to flick it into reverse and back it up with the planter in the ground and bend up the seed farmers? And, and then I began to, to calculate the potential cost of such an endeavor. And spiritually speaking, sometimes as we grow in, in life, as we come to the Lord, there's a limit to our understanding. We don't have that full understanding, but we are encouraged to grow in that understanding. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have. I'd like to go down to verse 5 now in this passage. Paul noted something here. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, joying and beholding your order, order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. I want to go, I want to go on down through verse 7. The theme of the focus of the message is is not only tied there in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, but also in verse 7 here, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Does it thrill my heart when I see another brother or sister that is rooted and grounded in the faith, that is exuding the love of Christ, that is an encouragement to those around them? I trust that is our testimony. But he says here, I haven't met you, but I'm writing because I know of your love, of your joy, and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. The word order there is an interesting word. It is, it's a word that comes from a military term. It, it refers to things being done in a specific way for a specific purpose. And um, I trust that as God looks on our lives and our relationships as brothers and sisters he can see that in our efforts by his grace there is specific things done in a specific way for for a specific purpose to honor him that was a blessing to me as i looked at that verse and then we see and the steadfastness he refers to of your faith in christ that steadfastness which will stand us in good stead when the guy wires of life are, are wrapped upon, and we can feel that shockwave come down the line, yet we are rooted and grounded, as he says here, and says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, having been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Well, there's another area that this passage refers to, 
the remaining time I think we have, we'll, we'll make a few um, points on that. Actually, in back in verse 4. Let's go back to verse 4 as well. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. It's the beginning of a, 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 a bit of a warning from the heart, his desire for them. Then he goes back into uh, bringing that subject to the front again in verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. Our ability to remain steadfast, unmovable, is not something that is happens through a defensive posture. That we have arrived, that we're there and we're defending our position. But rather it's an offensive, it's an offensive posture in which we are safe and secure in being the child of God. And that we are unashamedly a part of the kingdom of God. And we acknowledge his, the need we have for him in life, in all of our um, the forgiveness of sin, the the ongoing process of sanctification daily um, that we experience, have need of to when we're presented with different situations and circumstances, will we sacrifice that opportunity to the needs of the flesh, or will we consecrate it to God for the purpose of the king? the clarity, not being led away, not having our conscience tainted through the philosophy and vain deceit after the rudiments of the world, not after Christ. Perhaps a few of the thoughts that have come to me this morning from these verses, in, the, in particular here, uh, verse 8 and verse 4, come from the backdrop of, of observations of what happens when, you know, I use that illustration of operating equipment without a full understanding, even though you would have a basic understanding of what may, you could make something go, but to not preemptively protect against other situations. And I think Paul is basically saying, you know, be careful that these that you have an understanding of what can work against a clear and full following of Christ. And we, dear ones, need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And as I look around me and have observed recently and hear some of the challenges and struggles that are out there, from those who have have Listen to those other voices, have observed and made choices based on that, that draw them away from Christ. Recently, there was a passing of a quite well-known individual, and I was quite surprised. While I had somewhat limited knowledge of him, had appreciated some of his statements and teachings, there were things that gave me real concern, because... It seemed that in the midst of, of his Christian profession, there was a loss of the two-kingdom setting, the two-kingdom system that Christ set forth. When he brought into effect, it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say unto you, he that smiteth thee on the one cheek, turn to him the other. I remember very clearly hearing the account this, this particular individual had given of of traveling to a dangerous part of the world and and um, it was not an open country and they went in through underground undercover means 
And the man that picked him up was taking him somewhere, a big burly guy, and he was asking him if he was a Christian. And the man riding in the front seat had a a rifle across his chest, and um, he didn't know what he was really getting at. It was a bit disconcerting, and he reaffirmed that yes, he had he was that's what he came for to to share the gospel. And the man changed his countenance and stuck out his hand and says, "Welcome, I am a Christian too." Now this morning, brothers and sisters, what part of the rudiments of the world were involved. And I I acknowledge this morning and I ask of you to consider carefully because what I see happening time and time again in the world around us are those that lose sight of that two-kingdom system. And when one comes to the place of, of demanding that Man has certain rights in certain aspects, grounds for self-defense, grounds for the need for military. Then you see it's easy to understand why those that don't have an understanding, those that have never tasted of the true experience of dying with Christ in true selflessness, to feel the need for now we must make things right. We must vote. We must fight. We must. We must. And in the midst of it all, along with that, usually the aspect of being separate from the is lost. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, of this world, of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. I trust this morning that that as we have come today, we are grateful for the anchor we have in Christ Jesus. Let us not lose sight um, in the cries around us, in the world we find ourselves in for, for justice, for the righteousness of men, but that we would cling to that which the gospel of the Lord Jesus brings to us, and that we would, would not lose sight of our desire and our willingness to commit our ways and wills into his care. As ye have therefore received, so walk ye him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, I don't know, maybe you haven't felt that wire you've been setting on shake. If not, may God be praised. If you have, may you be reaffirmed in your desire to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. I'll ask our, I think we have time for one hymn, and we'll ask our song leader to come forward and lead that at this time.